Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, if you're wondering, might have a different intro track. If I actually figure it out over the summer with a newborn and all that fun stuff, might have a... You'll figure it out. And that's just the way you are. You're going to yeah. be just as busy with the newborn. Hey, by the time this episode comes out, I might have a newborn. Yeah. You know, this is episode, oh, holy shit, it's 33. I think I have a son. <laughs> I think I have a son now. Yeah, welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. We are, yeah, as always, just kind of preparing for summer break, trying to figure out all the stories we're going to tell over that that period and get the all the content lined up so that we can manage a new member, a new member to the clan. Yeah. And uh, well, maybe at some point, co-host number three. And when you say clan, you mean clan like... Uh, C-L-A-N, yeah. Irish, Scottish type clan, not mm-hmm. any bad. Yeah, not any... The spelling's correct in my, my version of clan. Okay. So that's a plus. If you haven't checked out Summer Break from last year, I would recommend you go binge through it. There's shorter episodes, you know, we don't get as deep in any of the subjects, but it's, it's also kind of funner topics. I feel like we kind of touch on things that maybe are even just a little stranger than what we usually talk about in the show itself. We, we branch out and we touch on other things than just... Can I ask you something? Let's go back to your days of homeschooling with your mom. Okay. What would she have said if you used the word funner? Funner? Like, she probably wouldn't have cared. She'd be like, oh, he's doing it. As long, <laughs> as, long as Jesus was funner. He's funner than the devil. Yeah, more fun. Is that Does that make you feel better? Some, I just... You know, sometimes you that pick are more on fun. me. Yeah, sometimes. Um, like there's a whole series of memes <laughs> making fun of me. There is, yeah. And if you haven't seen any of those memes, be sure to check out our social medias at Freaky Deaky Pod. Drop a new one, a new fresh hot fire meme. It's Liddy, just like the kids are saying every single Friday. It's that, it's that good, good, man. I, they just come to me. It's almost like second nature that just hits my head. I'm like, hilarious. Trust me. Make I, it. I, I feel the same way when I find like some of the memes I find. But if you want to be a part of that action, social media is at Freaky Deaky Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Christian's been running the Facebook. I've been managing most of the Instagram. I'll comment on... Yeah, I'm, look, if you listen to the show, you know who's commenting whenever they respond as the page. Sometimes we use our personal accounts, so it's a lot easier to differentiate who's responding to you, but... It does still say who it is out of the freaky deaky, I it's, believe. It says on, we can see it, but it, the normal listener can't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, only page admins can see who posted it. But you know, just based on the way we type, your boy has run on sentences and Christian is very brief. So there's those. So if you if you get a response that says, thank you, very cool. Christian probably said that. Me, I'll give you a short story about, you know, an experience I had as a teenager and I'll say, thanks for writing in. And that's it. That's how you differentiate. But either way, if you want to be part of those conversations, you know where to find us uh, at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with the gang, you can do so by sending an email to the gang at the And if you have a story that you'd like to tell us, Leave us a voicemail. We have a dedicated TFT voicemail line. Everyone that writes in or leaves a voicemail ends up as a video clip now on on Instagram as well. We kind of share those on social medias, on our social medias. But the phone number is 801-997-0051. So give us a call. We want to hear all of your freaky experiences. Or if you just want to leave a review on the show, you can do that as well. Hit us on Apple Podcast. Just leave a review, five stars, a great show, and then write something very strange that has absolutely nothing to do with the show. If you want to get a kick out of us, we enjoy that. We do enjoy that. We do enjoy that. I feel like we this episode, we might be running a little uh, a little behind on. So I'm going to go ahead and let Christian kick us off. Christian, what are we talking about? We're talking about something you brought up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And that's Freaky Deaky.
Welcome back. Christian, what are we talking about today? We're talking about something that could be either called the moon shaft or the moon cave. Fuck. What? Dude, I am having some severe deja vu. No, I'm I'm having like deja vu right now. It's super weird. Or viku? I don't know what how it's pronounced, but uh, the experience. I'm exp- I've experienced the exact moment before. We're not I've talked about this? No, no, not just that, but every motion of my head, every every word that I'm hearing you say, even me grabbing my head like that, I've experienced all of this before. Weird, dude, super weird experience. Whatever, Neo. That was super weird. Yeah, it is weird. Because we, you've never, like, this is the first time that you've actually, we. this is the first time I've seen this script, and right. the first time that you've been sitting at here talking about the script, right? Yeah, and you sent me this yeah. information, like, two months ago. Yeah, but see, that's, that's, that was part of the thing that, that you said in my memory of this exact oh, okay. moment. It was that entire sentence and everywhere that I was looking and my head was turning was all very familiar to me, and it just overwhelmed me for a moment. But I, I get a lot it. of texts for those of you guys that don't know from Scott, just with random subjects. Yeah. And so I say, I'll, do something with this. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put them, put them somewhere on my computer and, or take a note. And this one, I just came back to, I had all the tabs sitting open on my computer for like, since you sent me the information to begin with. Yeah. And then I started wa- writing about a cave experience from like the mythologist Joseph Campbell that was eventually taken by George Lucas and used as the cave metaphor for Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Classic. And I just wrote random stuff out about that that didn't make the show, but it got the sh- got me rolling. And here we are. And here we are. So what are we talking about today? The moon cave. The moon cave. We're going to go back and pretend we're in the past. Launch sequence activated. All systems active. Yeah, I'm gonna put some kind of sound effect where it sounds like we're flying. That that space and time. You know what we could use? A time machine. Access denied. Approaching light speed. You gotta use one specific time machine for me. I'm not, we're not referencing Doctor Who, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with it. Just use the sound, it's iconic, trust me. Data transfer complete. I feel like that could be a lawsuit in the making. Not if you use it, like, there's a certain amount of time. Incognito? No. (laughs) Yeah, I'll play eight seconds of that and then the rest of it whooshing. Yeah. There you go. It's 1944. Got the year? I got the year. I'm looking around, man. Everything's in sepia tones. Yep. It's kind of like, we think it's black and white, but it's really sepia. Hmm. It's 1944. And time is moving towards the end of World War II. Finally. In the Tatra Mountains, somewhere near modern-day Slovakia and Poland, a Slovak commander named Antonin Horak is doing something military-related. You know, I could have come up with something fancy, (laughs) but he was doing maneuvers. What's he doing? Eh, Something (laughs) military-related. I mean, you can use whatever you want, but I'll go a little bit farther, okay? The reason we know he was doing something military-related is this was in, during the Slovak National Uprising, which was a guerrilla movement fighting the rule of Nazi Germany, who was occupying this, this area at the time. Very, very well. Yeah. The Wehrmacht patrolled the area looking for what they thought of as terrorist. A man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, though. That's just my little... You didn't have to say anything. I already knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners are like, that sounds like something Christian added. 
But I actually don't always, I believe terrorist is terrorist. But, you know, that's what people have used in certain areas to justify terrorism. I got you. In this case, I mean, I think any of us would be on the side of the Slovaks. Yeah. Yeah, and that's surprising for you because you love German stuff. I like German history. I'm not mm. a Nazi fan. That's a plus. That's good yeah. to know, everyone. Yeah. When the Germans came upon Horak's group hiding in a ditch, the fight was quick. Nearly everyone in Horak's group was dead, and Horak was, had been shot and left for dead. He later regained consciousness in the ditch, in a puddle of mud, and his own blood. Nice. He thought he was the only survivor of the group. And soon two villagers came about and pulled him from the muck. He would later say if they had not ca carried him away on a makeshift stretcher, he would not have lived to see the end of the war. He was told by the villagers that they would take him to a cave so that he could hide and heal safely. Horak soon found that two other soldiers had survived, but both were injured. The cave was secluded in secret, but it was no ordinary cave according to the soldier. This is no ordinary cave, soldier. Is that just like a Josh Brolin voice? That was very... You do some good voices. I know. I'm very lonely. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> yeah. And Tony... You know, we'll call him Tony Horak, because that's what he was known later in, in life. Tony Horak became suspicious when told that the cave was possibly haunted and filled with dangerous unseen drops. Is that Tony bit somewhere in the episode, or did you make that up because you don't want to say Antonin? No, that later on I did read okay. that he was called Tony. <laughs> I would have gone with it either way. I just yeah. get curious. Yeah. When he moved to America, he became Tony. Yeah, Tony. That's the wrong accent again, though. Slovak is not the same as Italian. Well, if your name Tony, I'm sorry, people are going to think you're... His name is Antonin. Tony is just short. If he goes by Tony, if you walk up to me and say, my name is Tony, I'll be like, hey, Tony. I'm not going to be like, oh, it must be short for Antonin. I don't know where to go with that. Exactly. But it's wrong. Checkmate. Okay, where was I at? You made me lose my place. Oh. Three years later. Oh, yeah. The injured soldier thought the villagers were hiding something dangerous. Was even sure which side they were on. Maybe they were off finding German authorities at that very moment. Horak was worried enough that he decided to explore the cave and see what they were hiding. The villagers left the men promising to return. The next morning, Slavek, the chief villager, said prayers as he faced the darkness of the cave. When he left, Horak got busy exploring. He was weak but tough. He hobbled along with the light showing him the way. What he found in the depths of the cave surprised him. The walls were not rough, rocky walls from years of Mother Earth's abuse. The walls were smooth, almost glass-like and polished. Hmm. After exploring for 90 minutes, he found a small vent or shaft that he crawled into, and he came into a, a large chamber with stalactites and what seemed to be maybe a painted surface. Found in the middle of the grotto was a cylindrical object or shaft set within the rock. It was smooth like the walls of the cave, and he found writing like that of hieroglyphics on the surface. Being curious as to what all this was, Horak took his pickaxe and struck the cylinder, making a hollow sound. In his mind, this was like onyx, but he could not scar the surface when he tried. So what are we thinking? Are we thinking UFO? Are we thinking ancient relic of some kind? I've heard both. That Ancient UFO relic. Some people think it's like the inside of a UFO, or some people, I mean, the stories of... Wait, they think the cave is the inside of a UFO? Yes. Or... There's a UFO inside a cave. Inside, or 
that the interior is a UFO, and that's what the case. I mean, it, it the, basically the the gamut goes from this is alien tech uh-huh. to this is ancient tech of an underground society from the past, which, you know, we talked about recently in our Giants episode. Again, we've talked about it before. The underground societies or um, groups of people, you know, have been, I mean, there's creation stories about that. Native Americans have creation stories where they came from underneath the ground. The ant people? Is it the ant people? I think that might be a different group of people, the ant people. The mole people. Yeah, but all over the world, they have these underground things, and that's what this cave kind of sounds like. And it's always hieroglyphics. Shout out to Hollow Earth. Yeah. I mean, that's also part of the theory here. Could be an entrance to Agartha, which mm. is supposed to supposed to be underneath like Tibet and Mongolia. Yeah. But this could be an entrance. To God, it. I wish I was more adventurous. I'd love to just fly to these places that... Me too, but I don't do... Caves are scary. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to be like, number one, caves, yay or nay. I've heard too many like like horror stories of caves. Uh, I'll let you know, just as a teaser... We're going to have a very interesting cave story in one of our summer break episodes. Mm. Is, what is it called when people go cave? Is it spelunking? Spelunk, spelunking. Spe- I said spelunking. Spelunking. Yeah. What's yes. strange? Number one, that's a goofy title. Call it something else. Cave diving. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, like that story of the guy who was like, he tried fitting into the area. Everyone's read the story. And every time I read it, it probably gives me nightmares. Yeah. Where he tries to fit and he couldn't. Oh, now we have the, you know, paramedics come out trying to get this man. Nope. Turns out they couldn't get him out. He died there. He died stuck in a like 15 inch area in and a cave. Because That's happened a, a bunch of times for these, yeah. these type of, you know, people that dive underwater in these caves and stuff. Adrenaline junkies too. It's like, nah, man. How about but, the story recently? where that whole soccer team got rescued. Kids soccer team in Asia were doing some kind of cave exploration and, and the place flooded. I don't think I heard that one. And they had to they had to basically give them like, shoot them up with a drug to relax them hmm. so that they could take them underneath these underground caves through water. And people died trying to rescue them, but they actually saved all the kids from the soccer team. Damn. Probably near the beginning of the pandemic, I think, is when it came mm. out or just before the pandemic. So it's kind of got buried under all that nonsense. It, yep. Yeah. So I I added some some uh parts from Tony's diary, which I'll let you read a little bit of. Tony Soprano. Yep. All right. Well, the good news is it looks like this is just gonna take me about six hours to complete this entry, but I'll get going. I'll dive in. We don't have to go through all of it, but <laughs> the year is October. Nope. No, it's not. October 23rd 1944 early yesterday sunday october 22nd slavic found us in a trench and hit us in the grotto today at nightfall he and his daughter hanka <laughs> is it hanka or hanka i would go with hanka 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 whichever he and his daughter hanka came with food and medicine we had not eaten since friday and all we had before during last two battles was maize bread and not enough of that. Our commissary had been on its last legs anyway. The supply carriers had been dispersed by confusion and the enemy. Saturday afternoon, the remnants of our battalion, 184 men and officers, a quarter wounded, 16 stretcher cases, were retreating through the snow of the North Slope. At dawn Sunday, the two 70mm guns opened up at us from close range, about 300 meters. Having held our position for 12 hours, I ordered a gradual breakup of the skirmish and slip-off. In our left trench, someone became careless, and that drew two direct hits. Shells. 
too wounded. Arriving there, I bumped into the enemy, caught a bayonet and bullet with my left palm and blow on my head, which put me out. Without my fur cap, it might have been fractured. Slavic moved rocks in the cranny and opened a cleft, the entrance to this roomy grotto. Placing Martin in the niche, we were astonished to see Slavic became ceremonious. He crossed himself, each of us, the grotto, and, with a deep bow, its back wall, where a hole came to my attention. About to leave us, Slavic went through the same holy rites and begged me not to go further into his cave. So I accompanied him to catch pine boughs, and he told me that only once, with his father and grandfather, had he been in this cave, that it is a huge maze full of pits which they never wanted to fathom, pockets of poisonous air, and, quote, certainly haunted. I was back in the grotto with my men at about midnight, exhausted, head very painful, soothed it with snow. Martin was unconscious, jerk feverish. For breakfast, lunch, dinner, he and I had hot water, and thank God, I had my pipe. I placed warm stones around Martin, and Jurek got the first watch. Some of this we already went through. This one's really long with some of the stuff we've already talked about, so we'll skip the rest of that part. We'll go to October 24th, 1944. And since this is long, I will, I'll read this part of it. October 24th, 1944. Peaceful night. Martin sipped fever tea and with honey. Hope we can all pull him through. Yorick's posterior is not even swollen, but my head still is. That ass ain't fat. Yorick got shot in the butt or stabbed in the butt. Mm. So at some point in the story, we, we skipped that part. They were basically sitting him in the snow to get the swelling down on his butt, which, you know. That would work. It sounds like a ridiculous injury, but I mean, if you're in war, you're going to get shot in the butt, I guess, sometimes. And it would also hurt. Yeah. I cut our belts, braided eight meters of solid rope at 10 p.m., was at the wall, anchored the rope over a stick across the crack. And this is a crack he hadn't explored earlier. So this is him exploring the cave, yeah, right? Yeah, now he, he'd gotten the rope and belts from his the other two guys, mm. so he could go a little bit deeper. Gotcha. Okay, I anchored the rope over the stick across the crack and keeping it slung over my shoulder, forced myself again into the grim maw. Like yesterday, the lamp, this time carbide, was on a stick ahead within the jaw above. When it came through and down, it swung freely over some void into which I could not see. And there was again, again rushing as if agitated waters. And unable to turn, I feared a water-filled pit ahead and to end in it, literally, in a headstand. I wriggled upward, back again, my clothes caught on the protrusions, descended on my shoulders and head and formed a plug. The resulting struggle nearly caused me to be burned alive when out and on my feet, I was shaking from exhaustion and had lurid visions. Yes. Yeah. See, I, that's a, I get anxiety just hearing shit like that. I mean, that's, you know, I don't want to be anywhere in there where, you know, you're in such a tight place. Your clothes don't even fit. Yeah. I get like pretty, pretty mad. Uh, what's it called when you don't like being in confined spaces? Claustrophobia. Yeah. I get pretty, pretty mad claustrophobia and like similar situations that have plenty more room than this guy probably yeah. had. Like legitimately, it's terrifying. If I, if I think I'm going to be enclosed and someone like, no, 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 no. I start breathing like, please. <sighs> yeah. I, I know better than to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. As um, much as fascinating as caves are and as much as I'd love to like dive deep in these crazy caves. Yeah. I know for sure. I could not, I am not in that peak physical shape you need to be. Yeah. And I'll, even if I was, I'm not diving into no like no. 10 inch section. Once you have to get on your hands and knees and crawl into a place like. Count me out. Yeah. I need a quick escape. Yep. And crawling ain't that. Yeah. Cause there might be monsters. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so there are no loose stones. Again, Mr. Horak is talking about in his diary. There are no loose stones about the wall, and so I hack stalagmites into short rolls and bowled them through the crack. They rolled on, causing enormous echoes and knocked to a standstill, indicating a solid floor and room to turn. I launched the unlit torches after the stones, undressed, keeping the shirt only, and went after the stones and torches. Already acquainted with the meanest fangs in the crack, I came through with only a few cuts, dropped a little, rolled down an incline, and was stopped by a wall which felt familiar, satiny smooth like the front wall. I got stopped by a wall. This feels familiar. Yeah. And I got to stop real quick. A while ago, he said he kept the shirt. Yeah. That was it. Undressed, but a shirt. Yeah. He's like Donald Duck in it around the- Sounds like it. That's what- You're going to have all that just out and about around like sharp stones and whatnot? I think that's- He probably kept the shirt on to get past some of the sharp stones, but his army pants were probably too bulky to get through this area without catching on something is what it sounds what like. What else is catching on something if you're not wearing those? That's that's my question. This is a family-friendly show. Hey, I'm posing a question. Well, maybe it was cold. <laughs> maybe it was cold. <laughs> maybe things weren't protruding <laughs> as much as the stalactites or stalagmites. Those aren't stalagmites. Yeah, yeah. anyway. My lamp was still burning next to me, but here were confusing sounds. Lighting like torches, I saw that I was in a spacious, curved, black shaft formed by cliff-like walls which intersect and form in a crescent-shaped, nearly vertical tunnel rather than shaft. I cannot describe the somberness and the endless whisperings, rustlings, and roaring sounds, abnormal echoes from my breathing and movements. The floor is the incline over which I rolled in, a solid lime pavement. So he tried to shoot the walls again. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. What's this dude's deal with trying to like scratch the walls? Like- I, I think that's like a normal type of manly thing. If they have a gun, they got to shoot something if they're not sure about it. Like what? Can I damage this just in case it tries to attack and kill me? Yeah. But maybe maybe that's how weird the surface was that it didn't make sense. So that's why he kept shooting it to yeah. see if it reacted. And I don't know why I made him like a redneck yeah. gun enthusiast yeah, right off the bat. But especially since he's from the border regions of Slovakia, and <laughs> Poland. Yeah, it probably doesn't sound like he's from Texas. Sorry. No. So when he tried to shoot one of the walls again this time, um, he managed just a few strange sparks and smoke. There were horizontal grooves in the walls that were warm to, tu- to the touch. And Horak could find no other entrance, so he decided to take a note of the vent and cover it up so no one would find it. Hmm. So, I mean, he's ballsy. Yeah. But, but also, if you if you do some exploring and you start seeing weird stuff like that, you might actually, like, ah, I'm tough. I'm in the military. I'm fighting the Germans. Maybe I can take off my clothes and... Fight these aliens naked. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, man. Wasn't it like a similar, similar tunnel-like thing where the supposedly we got in that gunfight with aliens? I think that was an underground U.S. base. Are you talking Phil Schneider's story? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's similar. It was one of those deep underground military bases. Um, a lot of secrets out there in the world, man. We got so many different subjects to cover. Thankfully, there's no end to them. No, that should keep us busy for a while. Yeah, it should. All right, you want to read the next part, October twenty-fifth? Yes, I will. October twenty-five, nineteen forty-four. We had a good night. Martin seems to mend. I'm glad that Yurik's thigh is not yet well enough for him to want to go with me poaching for bats. It is better that he knows nothing about the cave's secret. The cave's secret. That he eats bats for dinner. 
I went directly to the wall, undressed like yesterday, smeared mutton fat over me. Shout out to all the lambs. Yep. Slid my things through the crack and went in feet first, extending the carbide lamp un- upon a double pole with four torches burning. Still the upper ends of the cliffs remain in the dark. I fired two bullets up, parallel to the walls. The report caused roars as seen from an express train, but no impact was visible. Then I fired one bullet on each wall, aiming some 15 meters upward from me. Got large blue-green sparks and such sounds that I had to hold my ears between my knees, and flames danced wildly. That guy's gotta be flexible as hell. He holds his ears between his knees? Yeah. Damn. Old school. They were tougher back then. Yeah, I guess so. Assembling the pick caused more uproars. I probed the pavement and started digging where the lime is thin. In the horns of the crescent, at, at right is dry loom. At left I came at about half a meter upon a pocket of enamel from the teeth of some large animal. Took one canine and one molar, replaced the rest. So he just found like a random animal skull? Yeah. I'm like, damn, weird. <laughs> Digging on nearby, the back wall has at about one and a half meters below the pavement, a vertical, finely fluted, undulating pattern. It seemed warmer than the smooth surface. I tried with lip and ear and believe the impression is correct. In the middle of the pavement is too thick for a trench pick. When the torches were extinguished and I was in a freezing sweat, I left the moonshaft dressed and went where the bats are and bagged seven. Yurik stuffed them and stuffed them with bread and herbs and they became exquisite pigeons. Okay. Slavic and Olga, his older daughter, came about dusk with hay, straw, a sheep's fleece, more, me- more medicinal herbs, self-heal, and stone crop, and seeds from the iris, an excellent coffee substitute. I accompanied him, fetched pine torches, two long poles, and was back at about midnight. Martin got the last aspirins, honey water, and Yurik both watches. It's kind of nice that he was at least detailing, you know, the, the mundane things. Yeah. Like... Got the aspirins. Got the, yeah. That's also seems to be like researching some other topics. That a lot of soldiers used to keep track of stuff like this. I don't know. That's, that probably just keeps from any information being like lost or forgotten. Yeah. But I'd imagine with this, like something like this, hearing a story like this, and then seeing how like mundane ninety percent of the information is, uh, to me that adds like a, just a little hint of maybe this actually happened. Yeah. There's not as dramatic. Like everything's not like super dramatic telling. Some yeah. of it's just the boring stuff. Yeah, I'm having a really hard time visualizing this UFO, though. This I mean, it's to me, it doesn't feel like a UFO. That's just, to me, it feels like a cave or an entrance to something. Mm. And something, maybe some ancient something or somebody carved things into it, including hieroglyphics. Yeah. And made it smooth when a cave shouldn't be smooth unless it's been touched by somebody else's hands or something. Yeah. So true. I'll jump on to, up to October 26th. Again, 1944. It was a good night. I went into the moon shaft to continue experimenting. So after he did his exploring, um, returning to camp, I caught some bats and we again had pigeons. I ordered Yorick to car- carefully remove any trace of them and kept the claws. The Slavics arrived as usual at nightfall, bringing this time a quarter of a deer, a half kilogram of salt, and a tin of carbide. Yorick took took both watches october 27th martin died ouch slept into death which is a fascinating way of saying it he slept into death yeah 
York Marty. knows his kin, took charge of his belongings, including his wallet with three, 643 crowns. Watch with his belongings, including his chain and my certificate. Now we are free and ready to leave and rejoin our battalion, which is somewhere east of Kosis. With his stick, York can march some 10 kilometers daily. We will start tomorrow at 10 a.m. I was in the cave probing passages for a way around behind the moonshaft, looking also for ice and poisonous air about which Slavic has spoken, and found none, though there may be some. Then I slipped into the moonshaft to sketch, dig, and ponder, and returned to camp at about 4 p.m. I ordered Yurik to prepare our packs, clean the weapons, boil food for seven days, and have ready what we will not need to be returned to the Slavics. He and both girls, as if as the family had sensed that Martin died, came and we carried him into the dwarf pines to the trench where he had received his mortal wound, took turns to dig his grave, prayed, and buried him in a blanket. Slavic has set up a good cross next is to set up a good cross next spring, for which I gave him 150 crowns. Slavic briefed me as best he could about the enemy eastward from here. Jorik and I were back in our grotto at midnight, and he took both watches. He can sleep most of the day tomorrow. So, first casualty. Isn't it always the, the way it goes, though, in a war movie as somebody dies that you were that kind of would bog you down, and now you can be free again? R.I.P. Martin. Yeah. So the fun thing is, and I won't go through all of his uh, next entry, but basically when the uh, Slavic and his daughter came back the next day or before they left, yeah, the uh, Yurik agreed to marry the daughter. So they did their little like, okay, we're going to get married. Here's some money. And he came back and married the daughter of Slavic and lived in the area till he died. I mean, yeah. So Horak went, went off and um, eventually ended up in America. Going by Tony. Yeah. Hey, Tony. He was, he, I'll go on to some more stuff, but, um, you don't have to clip out some of my ums, but. I clip out most of our ums. Yeah. Like, if I can. I accidentally touched something and went to the wrong spot again. Well done. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. They got out of the area. Horak had wanted, had sketched and in the very last days of World War II, on my way towards Bohemia, I revisited the place. The Slavics lived temporarily in Zadar, and I visited Martin's grave and looked at the cave entrance. I have taken the animal teeth I'd collected to the curator of paleontology at Uzhurad, I think I'm saying that right, and he classified them as adult cave bear, Ursus spialis. Adult cave bear? Yeah. So it was an ex extinct animal. That had fallen into the shaft and died. Damn, so those teeth were probably worth a small fortune. It, yeah, probably probably to some collector, even back then. It wouldn't be until 1980 when... So basically, after World War II, he went about, did his thing, and could never get back to this area because of the politics of the area. Eventually, you know, the Soviet Union was dealing with the Slovakian area, which became Czechoslovakia yeah. and Poland part of the time. So there was just no way to get in there and, and look for the cave again. So it wouldn't be until 1980 when Ivan Mackerley and Michael Brumlick went to the area looking for the moon cave. Others would try in the years that followed. The problem was that Horak's directions were not clear. And within the Tatra Mountains near the villages of Zadayar, Lubachna, and Plavik, <laughs> all these three areas cover a large area. Or yeah. these three cities cover a large area. Yeah. The theories remain for what this place is. The Nazi Abernavi, Nervi. Ah-Nenerbi, the Nazi Ah-Nenerbi, that word always gets me. The Nazi Abernabi. <laughs> yeah, Ah-Nenerbi explored caves in and around 
Tatra Mountains. And those were the guys that Himmler was sending all over the world looking for like ancient artifacts mm. and technology. So they allegedly also came looking for this moon cave. They, they were looking for things like this in the area. Mm. Did they find the moon shaft? What would they have used it for? It has been said in the, that in the past, the moon cave was a huge lens to focus cosmic energy. The aliens responsible for this helped control the stability of the sun and it monitors the happenings on the planet. Maybe the loss of oversight has caused the world to spin into chaos in recent years. Since nobody's maintaining the power or the energy or the sun, who knows where those aliens went? True. Or maybe the interior is a crashed extraterrestrial vehicle embedded in the mountains. That's the part I was telling you about. That's what some people think it could be. Could the moon cave be a portal to the entrance of the legendary Agartha? We spoke about that earlier. That's basically hollow earth. Um, and again, I mentioned this place is said to lie beneath Mongolia or Tibet. Again, this isn't so crazy when you realize how many other myths from all over the world have an advanced underground society. Fascinating to think that Horrocks saw hieroglyphic white writing on the walls and on the cylinder. And why does this form of writing keep appearing over and over again? What are your thoughts on that? On just like hieroglyphics and shit? Just any, like the hier yeah, let's start with the hieroglyphics. Cause weren't we talking about a supposed crashed alien chip with, that had hieroglyphics on it too? I mean, to me, it Anokian? Was yeah. that the, oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's very interesting that these, you know, the hieroglyphics are literally all over the world. Kind of baffling to think about. Makes sense, though, because an advanced um, society or group of whatever hmm. might understand that the easiest way to communicate with new languages is... Pictures. Yeah, pictures. That's the easiest way to get started. I yeah. don't know. And to me, it just, it doesn't seem like an alien craft. I'm, it just seems like everybody wants to do alien stuff. You think it's like a portal or like an entrance, like a gateway to... A I mean, it could be an entrance to, to just even regular caves that people survived in thousands of years ago, maybe during the last ice age, because that area would have been covered with ice. Yeah. Um, possibly. Who knows? The, the smooth surface of like the glass-like surface of the walls and the lime pathway, I guess. It was like a plot, like, yeah, like somebody had made a pathway. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I could definitely see it like almost like you'd need a, a secret catchphrase or a secret code to get in yeah maybe it's a it's a hiding place for the pagans when the christians came in who knows yeah, you know always yeah you know, who knows what could have been hidden it could have been giants probably not in those little small areas yeah. but they would they i mean if if he this dude to get naked to get to where he was going i can maybe earthquakes closed up the entrances who knows could be it's it's fascinating and also sad that we can't find it now which yeah we also hear a lot of like the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's like a thing. mythical kind of touch to it though. Like, so we have a, here we have a story of a guy who gets injured or a few guys who get injured and get taken by locals to this cave to pretty much heal up right. in the meantime, right? And and while he's here, he goes spelunking <laughs> throughout this cave yeah. and discovers all this crazy shit about the cave. And then he's like, okay, I'm definitely gonna come back and check this place out again. And then goes off and can never find it again, right? Right. Dude, that, yeah, that's weird. That's got some like mythical ties to it. That's that's crazy. That's a crazy story in general. But I don't know, man. There's something fascinating about caves to me. Like I, it almost feels like there's something hidden. Like the the sheer number of cave systems we have in this country in this in this world alone yeah. is is not so, man. You tell me that ninety percent of them don't have anything crazy going on in there. Well, and some of them that we might 
discover now could have been used a long time ago and just were sealed up by natural processes or unnatural processes. Who knows? But the caves keep coming up. I don't know what to make of them. I mean, the skeptical part of me is just like a cave that a cave bear lived in and maybe ancient humans or in this area could be Neanderthals or something. But smooth walls, ancient, ancient engineering is always very impressive. And we like to say it's always aliens because it's some of those, the brick lane or the fitting yeah. together of stones is just hard to imagine or the moving of these large stones. Well, it's like surgical too. It's like right. the precision on this stuff is, is not something that even today's technology we could even get close to, you know, but maybe, that's, that's what's usually kind of baffling about it. But it could be so just lost technology like, mm-hmm. um, oh, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it against that, that yeah. Greek fire or Damascus steel or both. I think they've figured out Greek fire or pretty close to it, but nobody's figured out Damascus steel. And that was just, you know, it was just steel. like a thousand years ago, 500 to a thousand years ago. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's too many mysteries in this world. I wish we should do a, an entire episode on caves. That would be very fascinating. But does anybody out there listening to us have some caves in mind? I mean, there might be some caves. I'd never heard of this one until you brought it mm-hmm. up. Maybe there's some caves we don't know about that are even more legendary. We, we touched on Lovelock Cave, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that was a giant story. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's plenty of, of stories out there. I maybe this would lead into like a good Hollow Earth episode or something like that. That's something we definitely need to pull off on season three because the fact that we're two seasons deep on this and we haven't mentioned Hollow Earth as that's where we've mentioned it, but I haven't actually done an episode on it. I don't know about everyone else listening to this this show, but I know personally Hollow Earth is like one of my favorite topics to talk about. But it's just so dense. Like there's yeah. a lot of information to comb through, and for a show that it's usually an hour long. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be doing it justice. You know, I might have to do like two or three parts on that. Well, like it could be part like our European tour. Technically, this could be a European part of paranormal True. too, because we could just do Hollow Earth, the first episode, and I, then next one, Hollow Earth, the next episode with yeah. some Snoop, the or other Dr. Dre back backing it up. And then for part three, we could have DJ Khaled being a Hollow Earth, another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Classic. No, I think. Um, in this situation, they can't find the moon cave, right? Not so, not legitimately, or nobody's admitted to it. But, but one of the main characteristics of this cave was that it was shaped like a crescent moon, like from the outside. From like, the inside, it was only from the inside. It looked like a crescent moon. Yes. Oh, I was gonna say, damn! I wonder if we go on like Google Maps or something like that, and just kind of like like drag ourselves out of there and be like, hmm, this looks like a. Yeah, I can, be a you cave. know, some people get some amazing images from Google Maps. I never get the good ones. I know people are like, oh, this was a ritual where there's a bunch of people in white robes and bikes in the middle of the desert, and I just get nothing. Yeah. I've checked all of Antarctica. Yeah, I've done some combing over there, too. There's people say they see caves, or not caves, but like pyramids and shit in Antarctica. I mean, they could be. They could be mountains shaped like pyramids, too, though. Or what if it was pyramids shaped like mountains? Yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? Yeah, they have those in Eastern Europe, in this same region that we were just talking about. Yeah. Supposedly, there's a pyramid there, but it's a mountain. But there's supposedly a pyramid out here too, right? Yes. <sighs> I haven't seen it. I looked for it when I fly to work. We need to get like hella jacked and just like really athletic and just go do some adventuring. No. <laughs> you don't want to get lost looking for a pyramid? Not in Alaska. Have you, where this thing's supposed to be, it's nothing. But I fly over it. I'll it's, fly over it tomorrow. It's literally just the wilderness. It's nothing out there's there. There's not even trees. There's not even trees. Just ice and mountains and a couple rivers going through it. Then how do you not see a pyramid? Because it's covered with ice and snow. Or maybe I don't fly by that part of it. I mean, Alaska's pretty big. I fly basically a straight, the same straight line every time. Yeah. 
I, I have Mount, have Denali on one side going there and Denali on the other side coming back. Yeah. Which is truly, I'll have to take a picture of it because it's so huge compared oh, yeah. to the rest of the landscape. Even just seeing it on like the drive to Tuckheaton or something, that little pull off. Yeah. It looks pretty massive. Yeah. So I can only imagine. Oh, it's huge from, even from the air. But I'm always looking for the aliens because we know I'm flying through the Alaska Triangle. Yeah. I get a window seat every time just for you, Scott. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we need to do an episode uh, on national parks or something like that. We need to go to Denali for some research. Yeah. See who disappears. Yeah. See which one of us disappears. And whoever whoever survives, that's their show now. Hopefully it's you because you do all the editing. You could probably keep yeah. it going if I'm not around. I don't know if I can keep it going if you're the not around. The production quality would drop off tremendously if something were to happen to me. But I think you'd figure it out, Christian. Maybe. I wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon me. So what's your favorite part about the story? I mean, because you, you say you'd never heard of the moon cave before I sent it over to you. And when I sent it over to you, I had barely found out about it. So it's to me, it's a relatively new story. I like kind of the fact that it's so unknown in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty detailed story from, uh, you know, um, the soldier that went through it. But we still don't know anything. We just know it was... And he, he felt really rational. I was reading some of his other, you know, quotes and stuff. He felt really rational about what he thought it might be. He couldn't figure it out. He didn't have any, like, this is aliens or this, this is from humans from two million years ago type of thing. He just could, he wanted to explore more and figure out what was going on. And so he didn't have a running theory at all. He was just like, this is smooth. I don't know why. I, I think he believed that it wasn't man-made or your typical man-made type of things. Yeah. And if it and it was really old. Hmm. So, but he couldn't figure out how some of that, like the surface, just surfaces were so smooth. Yeah. And it's a why, mystery. you know, who knows why some of these things were underground years ago. It's, do we have any evidence this man actually existed? Like, is this someone that we could pull up like records for to prove that he existed? And this isn't just some, you know, kind of fabricated. Uh, yeah. He, folk pu story? he published the story from, I think he lived in Chicago. Hmm. When he uh, came to the United States, lived a normal life afterwards, worked a normal job in the, yeah. you know, late 40s, early 50s America, an immigrant, probably has family members that are, you know. Still living in that area. Yeah. Part of the society that nobody would even know the story behind their father and that he fought against the Nazis during World War II. Damn. Only to have his country fall to the Soviet Union and be run by that. Not fun. No. Not a fun end result. No. But a crazy story nonetheless, man, that is, a, I really enjoyed that one. It does make you want to go cave, you know, looking in caves, but the minute I have to crawl yeah. or get stuck possibly. Yeah. And just, just the fact, like what he found was fascinating, but then all his details were boring as fuck. And you're like, yeah, dude, we get it. You ate the bats. You did the, the blah, blah, blah. But what about the cave, yeah. dude? What's in this cave? What is this thing? Yeah. And we know that that's, the Germans were all over that area looking for ancient technology. They supposedly built some things and hid some things in that e area i mean there's still ancient art and artifacts that are missing yeah from the time the stuff that himmler stole to gain more power now you're you're more familiar with like the historical side of that um would it be worth looking into doing an episode on all the shit that the germans were going after like all the stuff that they were exploring in the different regions of the world i think it'd be fun to take our do our take on it because i think a lot of people have done it really but it's like, like as far as like i mean because i've only heard a couple 
You've heard of the Bell. Yeah. DeGlocka, obviously it, Hollow Earth was one they were supposedly going after. Antarctica. Yeah. And then this um, thing. But like, I would like to hear it all condensed into one story where it's like, these are the locations. This is what they were specifically going to go look for. And this is maybe what they found. I think it'd be fun to do. Yeah. So maybe that's another season three. Speaking of season three, I know this episode might be a little on the shorter side. Um, speaking of season three, if you have any ideas for episodes for season three, I hope that you, and that was really phlegmy, I hope, I hope that you decide to send them in to us because we're always interested in what you guys want us to do. Um, I know I've heard a couple of people mention Hollow Earth and again, we're, let's try to make a, like a solid effort to include that in season three. Um, but honestly, anything else you guys think of paranormal or otherwise that, you know, maybe we're unfamiliar with. Maybe you live in a, a section of the planet that has some crazy stories that not a lot of people talk about. Let's let's hear some of those, man. I'm a very curious man. You're a very curious man. And we're very interested in knowing what you guys have to say. And now is your chance to get those stories in so that we can start working on them to make sure they're included in season three. Uh, in the meantime, you know, summer break again, it's coming up. It's almost here. Got some fun things planned for that. Uh, be sure you're, you're following on social media. Got some fresh new merch up, rocking that merch. Tell your friends. Uh, one main thing, actually, if you could do, leave us a review because I, I feel like right now we are trying to build up the, now that Spotify has reviews, I noticed just checking our stats that like the majority of our listeners don't even come from Spotify. So we have like maybe like 20, I listen on Spotify, so I just assume everyone listens on Spotify, but we have like maybe like 15, 20% of our listeners tune in on Spotify. But if you're one of those 15 to 20%, please consider just rating five stars. Give it just a quick, it takes literally five seconds of your life. If you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying the episodes that we're putting out, just do us a favor, hit that five star, you know, help us grow the show a little bit. If you don't have uh, like financial means to help support the show with merch and whatnot, that five star goes a very long way and we truly do appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be kind of chaotic this summer, but, but we got some fun stuff planned for you and we're excited for what season three holds and we got a couple more episodes left in season two you will see one of those next week yeah if you thought these caves were scary wait till you hear our summer episode where you're gonna go into some caves under some water and find some alien technology which is kind of feels like what we did now minus the water but i hear it this one this one's a little different but nice it's one i've been saving up for a while yeah and we're gonna teach you how to communicate with ufos over the summer so that's a treat as well aliens aliens UFOs maybe not, but we're going to teach yeah. you how to how to communicate with aliens. Yeah, we'll teach you how to communicate with the UFO aliens. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, tune in. I uh, appreciate you guys checking out the show. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, depending on when you're even if you're listening on Monday. I hope a week from now, it's a fantastic weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah Christian, you have anything else to say? I have not not much else to say. Good night and good luck so long and thanks for all the fish goodbye
those aliens. I can read.